And we are live. Hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. We are um, back again talking about season 19. Uh, our last episode, we, we shared some predictions with season 19. And I don't exactly remember what we predicted outside of uh, you kind of placed the bet that Rasputin hasn't had much with the Vex. And that is where the uh, the dungeon takes place. So yeah. kudos on that. We're, you know, that's the thing. We're uh, right about a lot. Of it. It's like it's like that un, unknown treasure, the Loose Cannon podcast, where all yeah. the predictions <laughs> come true. <laughs> so if you're tuning in, you know, you want to know where the where the the best sources for gambling would be on next season's stuff. Yeah, right. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a field day getting closer to uh, Lightfall because that's gonna be a huge one. I can't wait to see more information on that. Um, right. We're finally dealing with some stuff that we have no idea about. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff there that's just like new. <laughs> you can't even can't even come up with any kind of ideas or speculation about it than what you know as far as story arc goes, but. Anything else? I mean, Neomuna? Who knows what it's going to have? Is there only one Cloud Strider that we're going to ever see? Or? I mean, I imagine it's going to be like um, one that we interact with. You know, kind of like uh, we get the one and then <clears throat> we we know of others. Well, it was a cool little a snippet on that trailer where they were riding the Quicksilver surfboard. Quicksilver yeah. Surfer. Uh, yeah. The silver surfer uh, scene. That was interesting to see that. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting choice for them because now it's like, well, is that going to be a Sparrow alternative now? Or are we going to get uh silver surfer surf- surfboards? Because there used to be that glitch where you would ride your Sparrow standing Remember yeah. that one? Yeah i i would love I would love to have a surfboard, or hover skateboard. Yeah, and it's it's. I've already it's, got a drawing. Um, I've already got a drawing in mind. Parody. And it's, it it um it kind of fits in with something that they've been doing for a, a little while now. You know, we have the the micro mini series of sparrows. There's like three or four of them, <laughs> which is like crouched up you know like on his tiny yeah, little sparrow tiny. and then you have your standard sparrow which is more of like um like a street bike uh sitting and then you also have your like harley sitting where it's like sitting back Laid with back. your, your yeah. arms out you know so incorporating a new one to be the silver surfer style it doesn't seem as far-fetched seeing that they actually have done a few styles already it's true yeah, they would have to make. I guess they would have to make a, a rig that holds the guardians standing. In a- yeah, I wonder. I wonder how difficult that it would actually be to to pull off. Like I've always, I've always wanted things like emotes that move, and I understand why. Like that's probably really low on their yeah, priority list. You can make them, yeah, because you can make them actual movements in game. Yeah. Or your dad. Like if you had a body roll movement, 
You know, yeah, exactly. Negate your whole dash or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, now everyone has a dash because of this thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was a thing in like early D2, wasn't it? Because um, Warlocks specifically had the dance that would make them go inverted. And it was like, that's, right. that's the only way that you can get your, your uh, headshot below a crouch point. <laughs> yeah. That and and uh, some some emotes would go through walls. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I imagine there's a lot they have to consider. Yeah, maybe the surfboard isn't going to happen. <laughs> I can I can just imagine how many things that breaks. Where it's like, because with the surfboard, uh, rideable, I'd imagine it would go out a little bit. It would go out two, three feet in front of your character from where you're standing. I guess if they lock the whole Pharaoh mechanic to the area or cell area, then it's not going to matter. Because well, like, remember, like even the sparrows, when you, you get roadkill from hitting your friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking um, back in D1, the Saber, Saber 2 strike, the strategy was to like get your sparrow right next to a rock on the war set at the beginning uh, because it was such a, a difficult thing. Like So many enemies are just like flung at you, especially when it was taken, and that you would just get in your sparrow, go underneath the war set, and there was like solid ground beneath it that they let you stand on. And you can just uh, stand there and run the timer out, and then it's succeeded. And um, I, I'm kind of thinking the same thing with a Silver Surfer type mechanic, where it would be very difficult to like post in like you can't summon it here, mechan- uh, boundaries so that it's not glitching into zones. Because I used to do that with like every wall back in D1. I would just try to find a wall. That was like straight, like uh, flat, and try to push through it on my sparrow and see what was on the other side. Yeah, there's so much, there's so many things you can do with the sparrow. (laughs) I would like, sorry, I would like, I would like, um, would like something new like that, but maybe it'd just be a feature of mission. Doesn't Rasputin insta-kill you on the heist battlegrounds if you're on a Sparrow? That one on the Europa? On the Europa heist? Yeah, I think if you like quickly get on your Sparrow and try to go too far, he'll just... I mean, I don't even think you can get on a Sparrow in, in the heist missions. I guess technically it's not Rasputin. Dude. Yeah, I mean, it would, it's just Rasputin's I have Sauron. Well, yeah. Let's let's get into that um, okay. after after we do the lore card. You wanna you wanna do the lore card? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I thought the lore card should be on something. Okay. So this season we are dealing with the Warmind and Rasputin, and so I figured we'd go back to the beginning in case you're new, you don't know, or maybe it's just a cool little nostalgic nod for everyone. But uh, I did. It's a it's an ornament for sleeper simulant revolves around war mines and all that tech. Um, 
So this there's a ornament for sleeper simulant called Baikonur. And what that means is it's referring to a place where everything leads to. <laughs> there's an expression in um old Russia, it's called uh, all roads lead to Baikonur. And oh, it's funny. this I, yeah, it's this idea that um no matter where you go in life or whatever you do, whatever your stature or whatever happens to you, eventually all your roads will lead you back to home. And Baikonur is um, like synonymous with, you know, coming home or you know, prodigal son returning, that kind of thing. And, um, so they have a city called Baikonur. Well, what's funny about this one, Baikonur Cosmodrome <laughs> was named... Baikonur Cosmodrome, but it's not actually in Baikonur. <laughs> it, they did that to throw off people knowing its actual location. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. <clears throat> so we know about all the uh, Russian space tech, and what that what that is is it comes from this place, it's Baikonur Cosmodrome. It's the world's first spaceport for orbital and human launches. I mean, like the right. Um, so you think back into the U.S. space race, they got they had theirs first. Um, it's the largest operational space launch facility for all Russian crewed, crewed missions, uh, geostationary, lunar, planetary, and ocean surveillance missions. Uh, it's named after a local mining town in Kazakhstan to hide its location. So that was back then. The Russian. Um, they were very closed off from the rest of the world. Did that intentionally because they didn't want outside influence messing with their. So everything was very secretive back then. So it's a lot of the contention where the U.S. had the Cold War and we had all these issues uh, way back when. But all that aside, um, it's really nice because as far as science goes and advancement of human technology, there's this global thought and mindset that we should all share information with one another regardless of what's going on in our territorial dispute. Um, and so while there was the threat of war and whatnot, there was some really interesting space developments happening. Everybody can think about Sputnik. So the Baikonur Cosmodrome is the launch complex where Sputnik 1, Earth's first artificial satellite, was launched. Right, First time we had something go in space and around Earth. Um, the Baikonur Cosmodrome is the world's first spaceport, and it was used for orbital and human launches, and it's the largest operational space launch facility. Um, the site for the rocket that lifted Yuri Gagarin, the first human in orbit, was also launched here. So Baikonur is also the uh, only Russian launch site capable of launching the Proton launch vehicle. Really crazy, if you ever want to look that up. Uh, it was used for the Zarya, the first element launch of a, of a space station. So there's a space station floating around Earth right now. That's a part of that. Um, but here's where it gets kind of interesting. As we know in Destiny, we have the Cosmodrome to run around in. And uh, the name Baikonur is misleading because the former Soviet Union used the name and coordinates of a small mining town, Baikonur, to describe the location of its rocket complex. Um, the, this misrepresentation was done intentionally to hide its true location. However, it's still called Baikonur today. 
The Baikonur Cosmodrome is located in the Republic of Kazakhstan uh, in a semi-arid zone southeast of Moscow, Russia. The life of the city beyond the Cosmodrome, its residents, its politics, its culture, has remained a mystery for years. And the Baikonur Cosmodrome is the first and largest spaceport in So I thought that that was relevant because we wake up in the Cosmodrome. Um, there's a lot that happens in that whole area. Uh, there's a lot to look at. There's a lot of uh, devastation, post-apocalyptic destruction. You can see where the people were, were of, the, of the Earth were trying to escape. There was the Exodus mission, yada, yada, yada. So the relevance stayed true into the future. That is destiny, that people use this uh, Cosmodrome as a launch site for civil get off Earth, right? And so how that tied into uh, Warmind was we all know the Warmind got his nickname Rasputin. And so Rasputin was a figure of, of Russian history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what does that entail? And so it's just funny because you think about how the Warmind started handling things uh, during the, the collapse and getting people off of world off world uh to save humanity <laughs> uh in his his efforts to kind of propel us out of out of harm's way what you know it kind of made me think well, what exactly were they trying to call them because we know historically there were more than just one war mines but they were actual sub mines mm-hmm. so it it lid it, it lends itself to the assumption as far as lore goes in game that the war mines and the sub mines were of different heating thoughts a little bit uh and they may or may not have had different ideas about what to do types of events we know that Rasputin um took over the remnants of Charlemagne, which was a uh, popular submine that we know. So I thought that was kind of interesting because here we are waking up war mines now that we're going into the season. So I did this lore card right when the season was popping up, but mm-hmm. we're very much encountering old submine locations or old war mine locations reactivating so that Rasputin, uh, well, we want them to to regain um, access so that we can rebuild Rasputin. So I thought that was interesting. All right. So um, just to keep on the submine talk, what do you think about uh, how we're we're going and, and basically getting submines again? It feels like Bungie. I don't know how to say this. Um, they keep kind of going back to the submines without really giving us the the full explanation of yeah. like kind of what they are. I, I know I saw like on the first week someone on Twitter was like, "Oh, now we finally understand what submines are," and it's like, didn't we already though? <laughs> yeah, we totally did. Um, Tyra Karn's lore card in uh, lore. Uh, entry it was actually not even in game it was the um the other one the thingy my bob no no you're thinking of the um the interaction 
in the Red yes. War, uh, post post game of Red War, yeah. where yeah. yeah, she 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 was the first one, and that was like the big issue when everyone was like, "Oh, they're retconning everything," and it was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah well, maybe yeah. they were, but maybe they weren't in this case." So what's um, funny about that is, um, well, I just have a, really quick, a, just uh, yeah, uh, say what it was. Uh, post Red War, when you go to speak to Tyra Karn, she is a guardian. Um, she's the Cryptarch grandma from the farm. We don't know where she is right now. She was um, a um, she was a part of the whole uh, Lords, you know, lore. Also, she's Iron old. Lords. Yeah, she she was yeah. she was affiliated. Uh, she wasn't she wasn't an Iron Lord, right. but she was affiliated with them. I mean, it's just like old world uh, Dark Age guardian. Yep. So they they all kind of knew each other. It's like there's ten of us. So. <laughs> We we kind of know each other's <laughs> names. Um, yeah. uh, post game of the Red War from Destiny Two, she made she has a a dialogue screen where she she drops that uh, back in her youth, even though Guardians yeah. don't appear yeah. to age. Uh, she was hunting Charlemagne, thinking they might be able to um, help us, and she learned Charlemagne. Uh, she learned that. Charlemagne was actually not a separate war mind, but um, in fact, a submind of Rasputin. And so, submines are kind of exactly what they sound like, where it's just like Rasputin's such a high powered AI that it's like it, it, it isn't actively watching over absolutely everything because that's not a, a feasible, even, even of an AI. So, it's like it, it has like delegation minds where it's like, I govern all of you, you govern all of them. They govern all of the intricacies and it just kind of filters down. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah. So here, so real quick, um, what is the significance of a sub mine? Like, so for, so for just like the basic mechanics of how it goes, so we, so my quick, um, like theory of, as to what was going on why did people feel like it was retcon or why did Bungie skip the story but come back to it and so my quick simple theory is that they don't want to, they don't want you to figure it out yet you know while you're fighting everything else they don't want you thinking oh okay i know the end i know I know who this guy is he's gonna end up being bad or good or whatever they don't want you getting sidetracked by all of these hardcore story elements so they have to gloss over it for a while and then come back to it later. And those recalls are a lot of times um, what's interesting about anything, anything, a movie, uh, comedy special, uh, whatever, any kind of callback you can do to something that was asked that you knew about is it taps into your nostalgia. And so you immediately get that sense of, oh, I know that, you know, and I, I'm familiar with that. Oh, this is cool. This we're finally going to get. So, yeah, it's it's. It's almost like it's almost like a subconscious uh, being aware that it's doing itself a, a disservice by letting you know all the information. So why do why did they just now come back to submines? Because they can. <laughs> yeah. So no, anyway, I mean, it, it makes it makes sense that they're they're like uh, it it. it it feels like it kind of just happens a lot though. It's, it's almost like how many times is princess peach going to get captured by Bowser? Like this is, <laughs> this is a lot, you know? Right. And we keep playing and we keep digesting it. And yeah. yeah, so you have to, you have to be careful. You have to ride that delicate balance of 
how many times can you play this card before it gets old and people are like, oh, I'm, a, I'm just done. You know, like getting fatigued, that kind of thing. Yeah, because um, it, it was like in D1, the darkness came, the collapse happened, Rasputin's network was completely fragmented. Certain aspects of his mind were so broken off from the main network that they corrupted we 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 yep. learned about like uh maybe a year or two ago uh but indie one we opened the array and it was like congratulations you have reestablished yeah. the war mind Way to go. And a little bit later it's like but you didn't and here's why and then <laughs> they just keep kind of saying but you didn't and here's why after congratulating you for doing it and now in D2, the darkness came back and Rasputin was fragmented again because the, the witness uh, took all the planets. And Anna, like very last minute, was able to like just take a piece of him. And it's just like, so now we have to do it again is kind of the plot right. of what's happening right now. Where it's like, yes, he was technically almost fully operational good job for all that other stuff in like season of the almighty where you did this before. <laughs> However, <laughs> yeah, do it again. So, so Bungie loves to play with, uh, the whole idea of AI and ramp degradation of technology. Yeah. Becoming I hope we see more of the, uh, the, 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 the corrupted fragments. I hope we see yeah. more of that. It's like, like this season, I hope we see more of that. I mean, we have a lot. Um, we have a lot of different representations of what can happen with technology left out on its own. Like, you know, we have, um, what's her name on Nessus? Failsafe? Yeah, Failsafe. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't think of the name. Failsafe on Nessus. And so it, that's a good representation of what can happen when technology is left to its own devices for too long. You know, they start to fragment, they start to de degrade. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, whatever, whatever survival protocol kicks in or whatever possibly comes on. I mean, we saw, we saw what happened with SIVA when yeah. it became corrupted, you know, and it gets in the wrong, wrong hands. And SIVA doesn't have a mind of its own. It's, it's very much just a, a thoughtless, mindless uh, replication that happens with this technology that's out there, but it's whoever is controlling it or whoever's behind it that can use it in that way. And so we saw what the splicers did with SIVA. It doesn't mean they were in control of it. SIVA was very much its own thing. It's like harnessing electricity. You're never in control of it. You're just channeling where it goes. You know, you have a safe outlet you can plug into to use a device, but that electricity that's in that copper wire that's coming from wherever the source is, it, it doesn't know you. It doesn't know about you. It doesn't care about you. Touch it the right way. It's going to shock the crap out of you. Same thing with SIVA. You know, it's a technology that has to be funneled down a very controlled uh, pipeline uh, with the rule sets. It's like Warmind had his own rule sets that he had to abide by to keep humanity alive, not turn against us. It's the whole age-old AI, what's allowed to happen with an AI. Are they sentient? Yes. Do they have ultimate control? Maybe not. Um, it's, but what I key... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Go, go for it. Well, what I keyed into on the whole submine thing was way back when we knew of uh, certain names that were fragmented submines of the... 
entity, correct? Uh, the most notable one would be Charlemagne. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found really interesting, if you think about the two names, Rasputin and Charlemagne, they're on two polar opposite ends of what uh, two people in history would be. <laughs> so if you think about the naming conventions of Charlemagne and you think about the naming convention of Rasputin, their characters in real life uh, were completely opposed or completely different from one another. Uh, Rasputin was, was uh, uh, a peasant that rose to power to bring down an empire. Mm-hmm. Charlemagne was a great ruler who had massive kings and he was the first one to bring uh, religious theology into the kingdom as a part of rule and you think about everything that happened after that pretty much propelled you know the future and what we think about uh you know medieval times and all of the knights and all that so all of that is very much in encapsulated with what charlemagne started he wanted the king to have all the gold and you know adornments and mm-hmm. all of the the beautiful cathedrals all of that stuff he very much thought well no we need one ruler to have everything and but charlemagne was responsible even though all that crap was going on he wanted totalitarian this way sort of he was the one that propelled everybody needs to learn we all need to share information we need to build and progress as humans to advance towards future by learning and understanding and all of that is still relevant today from from charlemagne but if you think about rasputin he rose to power in a very manipulative way mm-hmm. gained control of an empire that was already there only to basically tear it all down and so it's funny you've got one and that is ruler rasputin did yeah you got one ruler that does all of this uh bad stuff but in a way to propel humans future and then you got one guy who rose to power from nobody and just tears it all down. So, like, I, th- I don't think that it was an intention to have two different key figures named in-game after two polar opposites. So I find that interesting. And I hope maybe we learn a little bit more about that because if Charlemagne somehow had something to do with know um rise to power that rasputin now maybe taking these fragments of of war mines will help give us a little bit more of a picture of that how mm-hmm. that happened what exactly was wrong because if we're going out to all these war mines locations and getting fragments of rasputin putting them back together he's going to pick up stuff that maybe he didn't remember or wasn't privy to for years it it seems it seems interesting that if if Rasputin is truly like in control, like we have uh, golems as a concept as well, like the Siddhartha yeah. golem, and there's another golem whose name I, I or whose title I can't remember. The Siddhartha golem was the Iron Lord Felwinter, and presumably before they were uh, risen as a guardian, they acted as an independent, right? And so Rasputin kind of put himself into an exo and created them to like walk among humans to get like a better perspective. And that's, that's a really cool concept. But if you follow that logic through, you have sub minds like Charlotte, 
excuse me, Charlemagne. And it's just like, okay, that's fine. He he delegates, like I, I mentioned earlier, he, he delegates responsibilities to submines, and they probably also delegated to lower AIs and etc. And so all the way back from the Taken King, we actually have this, this entry, uh, Ghost Fragment Old Russia 3, which I think is the first time we heard from Melahayati, which even back then we knew was a submind. But do you remember this? Uh, I, I yeah. remember uh Melahayati being discovered as a submind like after the entry came out because it it doesn't say like I'm Melahayati I'm a submind yeah, it, it was yeah it was after the fact because there we didn't know we th- for for a long time we thought Melahayati was was a person some, yeah it was a person flying around in their own like you know like I don't know, glider ship. Or oh something. well, no, that was that was General Chen Lanshu. She was yeah, flying that... in the glider. So it's so this entry is is like a conversation between them where Malahayati's telling Lanshu that uh, she's making Rasputin nervous, and right. this is the first time we see like a a back and forth conversation, even between Anna and Rasputin. Rasputin's just like, and she's like, I don't I don't know what you're saying. I understand that you're communicating, but you're really fucking not. But Malahayati here is is speaking to Lanshu, and the only reason that we knew she was a submind is because she goes, uh, he can be very charming, the submind assures her. Malahayati works with Chen Lanshu, and she is uh, certainly charming, but this is Rasputin's territory. Rasputin is a tacit king and the brooding wary first among equals. So... You know, they just like subtly dropped that Malahayati was a submind, and it's interesting, <clears throat> I think, to to follow this all the way, where uh, later on in this entry, um, you actually have uh, Chen Lanchu mention uh, yesterday. Lanchu spoke to a colony ship AI, and it called Rasputin the tyrant not without affection and certainly not without respect. And it, it makes me wonder, like, are all subminds, are all AIs kind of a, a product from Rasputin? If Rasputin oversaw the exodition, uh, not the exodus, the exodus program, then he would have made AIs to pilot those ships. He would have made Failsafe, who is probably the one who called him a tyrant, which means he's making people, he's making, like, AI people who aren't his biggest fan. You know, yeah. it's the, 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 yeah. the capabilities are, are crazy. Which is funny because if you think about the naming convention, Rasputin, Rasputin in real life was also called the tyrant. And yeah, the tyrant. So the tyrant and Rasputin are like somewhat synonymous names. Uh, so maybe that Rasputin evolved from that tyrant nickname. The way he handled things in a terrain. I don't know. Was Saber Green the um the Awoken? Oh crap. Oh good question. Don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that that's also in here. This this lore card from all the way back in the Taken King, like they 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 definitely came back here when like writing D two stuff because it says uh, yeah. launch Saber Green Rasputin quietly moving another doomsday weapon into Earth orbit. But it's just like, what do you mean doomsday weapon? Well, there's, <clears> that, <throat> that, that, there's that long thought that it was his orbital defense network 
part of, or those weapons were a part of that whole, you know, network of, of weapons that, I mean, we saw what he did to the stupid, uh, almighty or whatever it's called, the uh, red war okay. ball shit. It was, it was Exodus green, not saber green. Saber green is a Ex- weapon. Exodus green was the colony ship that became the awoken. I wonder if there's more to that. Well, we know. Okay, so there's a lore card that, or there's a lore entry that talks about Aurora knives being the description used for his orbital weapon when he well, blows one up. of them. Yeah, one one of them. So, could we assume that the saber is like sword, right? So, a saber would be a weapon. So that could very much be just each particular um, Exodus program had their own weapon to go out with them as a guard mechanism, as a part of the Exodus. So would Well, no, because Saber Green was sitting in orbit. It was just protecting the Exodus, maybe, as mm-hmm. it was exiting. <laughs> Saber Green, this is Ice Minaret. We have your launch comm check, Ice Minaret. This is Saber Green. We read you. Lattice is tight, comm secure, abort advisory check. Check is nominal. You are now on internal power, Saber Green. Please human verify your payload status. Those are the words. Saber, human cross check complete, set, fly safe. It's covert, secure ISIS, good confidence in the vehicle. We are not scrubbing civilian launches or clearing the range. Public inter- inferentials would catch that. It's a security risk. Godspeed, yeah, it's almost like it's, it's almost like it's protecting the ship as it's... Yeah. Batteries. Just in I'm case something now. else out there is trying to... And I mean, there's also... Saber, as in like Saber Two, the the heavy shank. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Like, do you? Oh, oh, maybe. Maybe the shank tapped into something that was a part of the Saber network. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Like stealing info. Yeah, totally could be. And so he called him Saber Two because he had. Glean the tech from Saber One. No, something along those lines is what I'm what I'm leaning to. The um, Saber, the Saber, we the Saber Shank we fought. They had a laser, right? Saber Two had a laser. What kind of weapon did the Saber Two? Have? I think just the normal, um, like turret deal. And then after a while, you like break them open, and they just kind of charge at you with like sparking engine. That's right. Either way, um, funny you don't pay attention to why the hell they were there in the first place, and then you read some lore, and you're like, oh yeah, that that must have been why they were there. <laughs> they yeah, were trying to get the the stupid pirates were trying to get you know better weapons and technology. Yeah, but so so let's let's bring this back around to the to the season as as um. To the season, so yep. this season, you know, we're we're teaming up with Anna and Clovis, which <laughs> is um, a mixed bag having him around as we try to restore Rasputin to um, to full power, and specifically, I think 
the intention is still to put him into an exo the the exo that clovis is is currently in <clears throat> um and and you mentioned it earlier there are those um you called them Iosauron towers uh people who play elden ring might know them as like uh similar to the madness tower where if you're in sight you 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 uh are accruing the the death penalty basically uh what do you think about those just from like a gameplay mechanic i think it's a cool little mechanic it's nice um it's short-lived it doesn't last very long yeah get around once you're playing uh once you figure it out but it was a nice little surprise just for when you're first starting you're like how do i get well i go to a rock here's a rock oh okay yeah. Once you figure it out, it's just like a new just breaking line of sight. I, I thought I thought they yeah. were really fun. I, I thought they were I yeah. thought they were a nice addition. Um, I hope we get to see. When I saw those the first time, I saw those, I was just immediately like, "Yes, please let this kind of be like Bungie testing the waters for exactly. like next year, like not anytime soon, like like a year from now." Maybe we can start to see Warmind cells make a resurgence and that be one of their abilities, like something like that that's like kind of targets and attacks uh, enemies, things like that. I think yeah. it'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be. We still don't have any like in game uh, aerial bombardment mechanic that we could call in. On like a battleground that would be fun to just be in the middle of just like chaotic battle with a bunch of any way to get out is to call in like an aerial bombardment that would be cool for like a specific um for like specific missions or uh activities where like instead of instead of just like picking up a charge or something like that you 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 get access to like you can call this in and it's like you call it in and it's just like a warm mind assault and it's just for that activity. You can't bring it into sure, crucible. Sure. No, no, you can't no. bring it into raids. It's no, no, no. Yeah, and it was fun. It was fun when they played with that a little bit, and they did the um, on the European Dead Zone when they had mm-hmm. all the bombs rigged everywhere, and then mm-hmm. you were just like, sit back and watch this, and you trigger yeah. the bombs, and all the enemies come. Like we, we we've had we've had similar things. I think it was in um, Season of the Dawn and the uh, the Sundial. You would throw the thing at the the enemy, and then they would like get a beam drop down on them. So I mean, we've had we've had similar. Yeah, I'd like more uh, freedom and control on it, though. Like the kind of like how um the 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 chess piece I need to still get the Griffalcon's uh, hauberk or whatever. If uh, you get a finisher while invisible, it gives you like in a triggerable overshield that you just get to be like, okay, overshield on, which is that's fucking cool. nuts. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, they could almost just make it, they could almost just like make it a tool or a weapon that you have to paint the area with mm-hmm. yeah. gun thing apparatus. And that's why like, they strike. What do you think about uh, seeing the, the, uh season of the i think it was season of the war mine no season of the mighty mm. season of the mighty bunkers uh i love it when when bungie is very smart in in reusing assets like that like having the war mine bunkers uh be more have been revealed now they're also on europa there's a different one on mars that we didn't know about you know things like that i think that's i think that's a really good idea 
Oh man, that was really cool when you go down in and you keep exploring down further and further and all of a sudden there's this big, huge warmon looking shape yeah. down there. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I I can't wait to see what comes up next week. We I hope we have at least two more locations. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good if we if we if we get, if we just keep getting more. Like so far, like I'm trying to I'm trying to remember back to how like everything like played out because you start with going on Europa and getting Clovis and getting Clovis was like an ordeal because you're working with Anna. And so Elsie comes in, the ex of stranger comes in and she's like very against Clovis's existence. And, um, that, that's fun to see, to see more of, uh, their, their interactions, like see them on screen, not just have them from a yeah. book. And then, yeah, uh, it's a little snarky too. Like yeah. Clovis being snarky to even Osiris was fun. That was funny. It's like, cute. I feel bad for Osiris. <laughs> Oh, because you think he's like no longer the big bad boy that he was. Well, it's just—I mean, you know—you're. I think you're intended to feel bad for him. He—he he was really um, big just kind of like knocked down in this in this season where he he doesn't have any power. But not only does he not have any power, but the last time he didn't have power and we let him do things, he it was like to it almost killed him. So now everyone's like like really taking a gentle hand to him and you know it's, it's it's sad because i want i don't want him to to just be this like nuisance you know i want him to be something and it, it feels like they're just kind of taking it like, away from he's him. like kind of like um he's like this frail old man yeah once I mean, he was once he was the dad superhero everybody looked up to and now he's just this broken frail old man like uh it has to be to get to get a little bit off of the season, I know Bungie said that we're the first people to get Strand, but just because they said that does not make it true. Yeah. <laughs> and Osiris having having these like visions of Neomuna, I wonder if Osiris will be among us in being the first to use Strand. Like, I wonder if 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 he's going to get power back through the dark and, and like he'll have, that'd be a really, I think a really interesting story to take him through. Like, do you use dark power when it was, you know, the dark that brought you through all this bullshit? It's true. Yeah. That would be a good struggle. And then where does that lead? You know, he has to worry about what is home, you know, St. 14 and him finally Mm -hmm. been reunited in whole and, um, so yeah. like there's that yeah that could be that could be really interesting because if he had to step across a line and become aligned with the darkness power that he against and use it and then saint has to watch him struggle that 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 could be something um yeah. or 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 he could just die and it would be horrible because people I'm him. glad he didn't just die like people seemed like pretty at odds with the ending a season of of the plunder where like mithrax turns the reliquaries into tea and <laughs> yeah and i mean i agree it's it's a little weird that he turned it into tea specifically um trials of osiris you know that's that's one of the one of the most competitive uh crucible game lists we have and you know you, you'd hate to be teabagged in that mode so uh-huh <laughs> Like it's I'm, the I'm source all, of all 
I'm all for the reliquaries being used to to wake Osiris up from his coma. It just seems like a it was a very touching cutscene. I really liked the cutscene. It just it it did feel a little out of place. It just it was like... it was it was a little <laughs> bit like I what. <laughs> I wanted to see stupid uh, more Nezarek crap, right? Yeah, it almost felt like they were like, and now we're done with Nezarek. He's never coming Thanks back. A lot, he's not guys. important. Yeah. He's he <laughs> served his purpose. He's dead. He's he's not only is he dead, but he no longer exists. We've right, turned his is, body into tea. What, what is with that? So like, we go dig up some freaking you know um, Pharaoh of yore and yeah. First thing we want to do is drink them. Drink. <laughs> and I mean, if anything, I feel like that's part of the the backing for Osiris to get to be one of the first people to get Strand because it's like yeah, well, because he's got the mummy juice now. Yeah, I mean, Eris went to Nezarek's uh, pyramid and got stasis, so it makes sense to me that Osiris would effectively have gotten something else from the pyramid in his Nezarek tea that gives him strand. Which is good and bad because then you kind of have to well thanks a lot Mithrax turned Osiris into this yeah. Because like okay if that played out if that played out if that ended up playing out to where Osiris was now like manipulated by the darkness because well, I mean, I don't think he'd be manipulated. I think he'd be strong enough to like overcome be himself. It. It's just, I'd just... I'd say it's like a an internal conflict of is it okay for me to use uh, this? Because yeah. then he's the herald of the dark. Yeah, I I wonder what happened to the Kentark, the Kentark three, the the people who went to the uh, Garden of Salvation and got stasis. Like they haven't come back up since Shadowkeep. It's like it was like I think it was um two of them accepted stasis and one of them rejected it and they like they fought and I think it was implied that they killed each other but not like concretely because it was like oh yeah their ghosts were dead and it's like yeah but they don't care anymore they they have stasis you know, they're that, dead at the light it, that's the one thing that is always bugging lore in this game there's so many loose ends that like I, I love that they tug on strings mm-hmm. and I love that they, they bring us to these characters but then then they almost kind of fizzle out a little bit almost yeah. like the almost like the soda wasn't carbonated enough for it to yeah I mean it, it's like uh, throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks is, is like is alright to do at the beginning but like we're already here you know yeah, like, we, we need, need to kind of we, we need more concrete what what it makes me feel like is that the that the writers are struggling with is how much can we do? Mm-hmm. How much? Yeah, do we I know mean, I'm sure past? if it was I'm sure if it was just people writing a book, very yeah. different things would be happening because they wouldn't have any limitations. They would just get to do what they want to do and say what they want to say. But because it's it's like the gameplay because, comes first because it's well, a video and then, game. And then also, yeah, and then also there is that fact that it is a video game, so it's not like a book. Where in a book, you can pass by certain characters in a, in a book and then not know completely about their backstory because they were just a moment in the book. Mm-hmm. But in a video game, you have these 
fleshed out interactions, a lot of backstory and things to kind of unravel, all for them to never really come to a central point of resolution. Whereas in a book, you know, like Dark Tower is a perfect example. Gunslinger, you know, encounters all kinds of crazy stuff on his travels through that whole saga of books that Stephen King wrote. But you didn't really feel like you needed all those people that they encountered fleshed out. Whereas in a video game, you kind of yearn for that the entire time. I want to know more about that. I want to know more about this. Like, crazy stuff has happened in this game. But it, but the other thing about the game is it all comes back to, it all comes back to, it all comes back to the epic story of becoming legend. So you yeah. can't really avoid wanting to know. Yeah. Well, so we get, we get Clovis, uh, the Clovis AI as well. Not his actual Clovis is Banshee. Which yeah. do you think we're gonna? <laughs> do you think there's gonna be any interactions between Banshee and and the Clovis AI? Now that they're so. literally neighbors. I hope so. I hope so too. I hope. I hope Banshee. I hope Banshee kind of gets a little bit more. Because uh, <laughs> I think I think it was I can't remember if it was week one or week two uh, where it was mentioned, but Osiris um, was talking about Saint. And then Clovis chimes in like about how upset Saint has been and that everything that happened to Osiris. <clears throat> and uh, Clovis offers, like, I can teach you how to erase those memories so you can give him a better yeah. existence. And <laughs> yeah. that's fucked up. It but is fucked up. I think it was Elsie who was just like, uh, you can't do that. They're people, and he's like, "Oh, well, they're just exos," and she's they're they're made th- through people or whatever. And then she kind of has this like snide comment about how, "But you're not. You're just an AI. You actually are just an AI. Like you're not." Oh no, it was it was talking about Rasputin because uh, Anna was saying how um, Rasputin is is a person. Rasputin's not just uh, an AI anymore. And then, like, Clovis is like, no, Exos are people. And then Anna's like, yeah, but you're not an Exo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it shows, um, you know, it, I just started watching Westworld. And I don't know how I went this long without ever watching. But I Wait, just how, are you, how are you watching that? Whatever. I have, I have bad news. Well, you're very quiet. That's also bad news. But from what oh. I've heard, Westworld is getting taken off of HBO Max. Oh yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we'll probably we'll probably see it all before that happens, and then I, I thought guess, it was whatever. already taken off. No, but we've we've powered through anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's I think it's funny because Clovis and um, Rasputin have both had similar parallel. Um, experiences with trying to put their own consciousnesses inside of a external exo, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, kind of become, come, whatever the next uh, thing is. And so, uh, for Clovis, that was a massive failure, but a huge success because we have exos who are real people. Yeah. And uh, as far as uh, Rasputin goes. His was 
his was a, a, an accident that went horribly we were wrong. <laughs> he had, uh, you know, Fellwinter, who he kept going, I got to get you back. Come yeah. back, come back, you know, and then just chase them all over the place. It's just, that's. Yeah, that so was funny. weird. Like, why would, why was Rasputin trying to kill Fellwinter so hard? Oh, I guess he just didn't want that competition out there. Or he thought it was an ultimate threat to his own existence because once Fellwinter knew his origin story or whatever that was, because I don't think Fellwinter, Fellwinter was never intended to be Fellwinter, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fellwinter was intended to be the Siddhartha Golem, but then yeah. the collapse happened and the light brought it back. Yeah, so he was like, oh crap, we can't have this running around and then just suck me up and no longer i'm no longer rasputin i think that's my that's my thinking is you know think about that like what at what point do you no longer be you (laughs) if you transfer yourself into something else this is a sci-fi uh conundrum that comes up a lot right well that's that's there's a word for that what is that um divergence or something where where you create a copy of yourself and it's like only at that in it, it at that exact moment you are the same but then you are no longer the same from right. that point on like you know what i mean right <clears throat> yeah either way <laughs> uh so, but yeah, so we, we, we go to Europa, we get Clovis to, to like come help us. And actually we, we save Clovis's ass from some hive who were just like taking the fight to him. Not that he could fucking do anything. You'd think he'd be able to like do something, but he really had nothing to protect himself. And, uh, we bring him back into the helm and then we go to Mars for week two. And I... Well, I loved what they did with Mars, where um, you'd go up the back up to the Warmind uh, platform area, and it was just covered in that hive gunk and just like disgustingness. It, yeah, it that was cool. It wasn't all like nice and clean anymore. I mean, it was never really clean. It was always kind of broken down, but now it was just like extra broken down. I thought that was fucking awesome, and they had. Um, they had more of the towers, watch watcher towers, kind of um, damaging you or keeping an eye on you, so you had to find places to hide through it all. I thought that was a really nice touch, and then we actually got to go in this the the, the room that we've only seen in cutscenes because in in Warmind back in like Destiny Two Year One when we were finally gonna go in there, fucking Zavala was waiting for us. And yeah, what the hell, like, dude? <laughs> It's like, are you kidding me? Like, this was the big moment, and then Zavala just was like, "What are you doing here?" And then we, yeah, we Dad slaps his belt. He's like, Bah-bah! "Yeah, what are you doing here? Get out of here!" And then you know, we got a, we got the occasional cutscene like with Osiris, where I think it was in season of the arrivals, um, Osiris confronted Rasputin, and he was like, "What have you done?" And yeah, then, what? Uh, yeah, like we keep seeing the room. But only like a piece of the room. Now we see the right. whole room and we see the massive submind that is the Charlemagne submind. Yeah. So that means that's Charlemagne's vault that we were finally in. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. I love that we finally got the Charlemagne vault. Yeah. 
You know, there's more submarines than just Charlemagne. Yeah, I mean, there's I Malahayati. Yeah, but there's also um, there's the first a few one that others. we got. There's a, what were the other ones that we kind of knew about because of uh, all the weird syntax script stuff that Rasputin used to use back in the day? Remember? Yeah, um, there's there's one that I uh, there was an artifact. Yeah, we know. Although it doesn't seem to be. Um, maybe it didn't call itself an artifact. Joy use, Voluspa were thought to be. Yeah, Voluspa, the one on um, the one on Io was another one, but that was the Joy use that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So they could, you know, there's four that we think we know of: Charlemagne, Malahayati, Joy use, and Voluspa, and of course, Rasputin. What was uh? You remember the artifact, right? Oh wait, there's an artifacts page. I can just go to the artifacts page. It's really handy. Although I don't know how to fucking get to the artifacts page. What the hell? <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. Uh, he needs to come back so I can just have him figure this out. He can out. do it. Yeah. yeah. He's our he's our uh war mind for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Where's our logical categories? None of this helps me. It's not even chronological, it's alphabetical. It makes sense to back. Just have to know. Is that at the bottom? It is. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I found the page. Let me find the damn things. <laughs> Martel. Yeah, Martel. There it is. Martel. That was the one. Yeah. Codename Martel. Parent redacted. Status Iliador complete. And it's an uh-huh. intact war mind core. So, so basically, that's kind of what I was saying. <clears throat> where Rasputin is at the top, and then he probably has his like, v- like next level sub mines, which is like Charlemagne, Malahayati, Joyus, um, the fourth one that you mentioned. And then Martel is probably one of theirs, their uh uh subordinates, which is why it says parent redacted. Because if it was parent Rasputin, who the hell gives it? like of course it's parent Rasputin. You're not surprising anyone by saying, oh, yeah, the Warmind core was created by the Warmind. But it yeah, it could fair. be if it were Mel Hayati who created Martel to kind of go against Rasputin. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that that could have happened. I think, okay. So, you know, play with that for a second. If Rasputin was worried that his submines could be creating alternate ways of existing outside of his mind pyramid, but, um, they could have ultimately been a threat because yeah. just like we saw with his whole story arc in Fellwinter, you know, yeah. he eventually gets Fellwinter back uh, after all that time. But at what cost? So, like, what was Rasputin really trying to do when he created Fellwinter? He was trying to make that makes sense. just an army of Exos, sort of, yeah. but they were not Exos war machines. 
it's it's one thing to have like subroutines, subminds who you still technically have full control over. Yeah. Where Felwinter was a submind who was f- like severed from Respion. Yeah. Full on so zone into threat. Yeah. Yeah. Um have you uh done the dungeon at all? Uh no, I'm not good enough. But I will eventually. <laughs> I I haven't had the chance to. Um, my my. I've watched are, it. I haven't I've even watched, watched it. it. I I, oh, okay. I I want to go in blind unless I absolutely can't. Um, like I don't mind my friends telling me like this is how you do it, but I like to like experience it blind. You know, I'm, I'm not little, trying to figure out the puzzles. I'm not gonna like spoil it for you, but I'm a little like um, upset that we didn't get more text mechanical. I'm very got. excited that we got Tex Mechanica, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that we got the weapons and that, but give me a reason as to why they were there. They were more fleshed out than just, oh, yeah, because it's. I mean, I don't think I think I think Bungie kind of saw uh, success there, like with Prophecy, um, because the Dido armor was intended yeah, to be in Eververse. But then they were yeah, like, never mind, it's going to be in Prophecy. And I think, um, where do we, there's, there's another armor. Is it Hakka? We have, no, we have, yeah, Hakka was the last one. Hakka was a really pretty armor and a lot of people hated on it, but I love it. I wasn't a big fan of it. I love it, man. I love that. Um, where did that come from? Was that Grasp of Avarice? Is that what that one was called? Yeah, I think so. From the 30th? Yeah. Huh? 30th. Oh, the anniversary. Yeah, from the thirtieth well, anniversary. We've had we've had Dido, we've had Haka, we've had Almalone, we've had Vice, and now we've had Tex Mechanica armor sets. Okay, okay, okay. Well, so you're technically you're technically true. Um Haka didn't come from Grasp of Avarice. Where did Haka come from? It was a it was from Oh, wait. Is it from the raid? No, Haka didn't come from a raid. I don't remember. Oh, what's what's the one? What's the the <laughs> one from the two seasons ago? The other dungeon with the 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 uh, kaitel. Oh 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 oh! I don't know. I know what you're, you're talking killing about. me. Killing me, Smalls. I mean, you, <laughs> you fucking. And now it came now, from something we did. Yeah. Um, duality. No, that's right. Yeah, the Callus blah. What yeah. was it called? Anyway. Duality armor. Okay, so yeah, the duality armor was Haka armor. But so see, so that's the thing, right? So so you're referencing Amalon and uh, Vice and all that, where uh, Eververse. Yeah, yeah Vice came from Eververse exclusively and only for hunters. So that's where I'm like, that shouldn't count because only hunters got the Vice armor. And there I should agree. be a full set for each class. Where, well, maybe like, they'll do that. Yeah, and that I think that's kind of like what they're seeing as an avenue where they can create kind of just like thematic armor. But they have to go back though now. They have to go back and make an Amalone Hunter set and an Amalone Walker set. Warlock set, and they have to go back and make a vice 
Hunter, uh, Warlock and Titans. You know what's crazy? I'm pretty sure there is an Amalon Hunter set as well. There's only a Titan. No, I'm pretty sure it's also on Hunter. Are you sure? I was messing around I I, with uh, armor. I this know. isn't important. I know. <laughs> but yes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> a, I I think it's an interesting thing to I, to see because like Warlocks previously had Tex Mechanica armor already from Eververse that was their ornament set. They only had a shader. No, they had Tex. What? Dark Amalon. It does enough with the Amalon. The point is, <laughs> the point is, Warlocks already had a Tex Mechanica armor set. From Eververse. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you're and right. now they have another right. one. Right. So the 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 the, the, uh, the argument the, that they have to go back and do it. Yeah, yeah. just make it's it already they've already it. accepted okay. going back and doing it. And right. I love this idea that so what you're saying is warlocks. On, so what you're saying is warlocks now have two techniques. Technically, yes, and I think yeah, Titans right. as well. Titans definitely have two sets of Haka armor. Because oh, well, they already had a Haka set. Talking about the Sunbreakers? Uh, yes. Is that technically Haka, though? It was not D1. Technically. I don't know, man. I don't... <laughs> it's it's so frustrating when, when Bungie is just like, so what's this armor? Well, it's it's Dido. So it's called Dido armor? No, it's it's called, no, like it's Star called... Fang XO79. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, I'm not going to fucking know that. Moonfang. Yeah, Moonfang. Thank you. That's yeah. the Dido armor. Well, the Dido is all about um, Jade Rabbit. And oh, I know what so, I know what I know what Dido's about, and I get I get where they're coming from with these names. Yeah. But I just want to be able to go Dido armor and get it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you hate it when they put out a whole full set of armor for each uh, class, but then like the the uh, the cloak or the bond or the, the mark is a different name. <laughs> oh my God. Don't even fuck. You're me. like, which one goes with this? <laughs> yeah. That, that's even, that's even worse than having, yeah. than not taking the easy name. Cause I understand why they don't take the easy name because maybe they'll want to yeah. have a second one. And if they just called it Tex Mechanica armor, it wouldn't be, you, you can't go Tex right. Mechanica armor too. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't right. work that well. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually a really nice touch that they did with the um, the Ichlios weapons because now they're they're V point one point oh point three instead of V point one point oh point two, which is and I'm pretty sure they were V point one point oh point one, so they're they're having fun with that where like they're having fun, they're having fun, but they're making my life a nightmare because there's <laughs> so many items in game and. Okay, one of the one of the cool ones was when they reprised Vault of Glass. I, they brought Vault of Glass back. All of the weapons from Vault of Glass were brought back, but they had different lore uh, flavor tags. Okay. So, how does that fit in, right? Because you go back and you read like "Pray to this," you know, sniper weapon, and it's got a different word, which is fine. But it's like, okay, now there's two different. Prey to the sniper rifle. Uh-huh. But they're the same prey to the sniper rifle. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Bungie. Well, okay. There's there's no easy way to fit this in. Um it is the dawning season. I, I feel like I, how long <laughs> how long do how long do we usually 
to the show for? Like it's like usually an hour twenty, right? Yeah, we got like twenty minutes. You know what's messed up? We haven't even talked about freaking um, what's her name? The Hive Goddess of War, uh, Zivu. My God, and she's like the big thing yeah. going on. Yeah, there's there's so many moving parts with this that that I didn't really know where to begin and, and where to end. So I'm just trying to trying to keep it on focus because there is something that I really want to share. Um, it is the dawning. <clears throat> yep. And as a part of the dawning, the initial quest tells you to go make Gallardoodles for Zavala, and that gives you the ingredients <laughs> for Gallardoodles. And then when you go to make more cookies, the first one you see is Gallardoodles. So it's probably pretty easy for people to be like, all right, more and more Gallardoodles, you know. And it is advised uh, not to do that because you do need to make one of every cookie to get all of the triumphs. So I didn't know that. I spammed whichever cookie I can make the most of. And then I found out and I was like, well, I just, I mean, I didn't really waste anything, but I, I wasted five minutes of my life instead of trying to like maximize cookie production. Um, either way, this was, uh, created and I just want to share it. (laughs) This was made by, um, judge Enzo and it said, uh, that we need to stop feeding Zavala. Yeah. I saw that. (laughs) Yeah. So this this is great. Uh, judge Enzo was on Reddit. I, I, uh, I couldn't, I, I (laughs) don't know if they're also on Twitter, but. If they are, um, I wasn't able to find them with a a simple search. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, big old big boy. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if this is like full uh, unique art or if this is like an edit of someone who's eating biscuits and they just painted them blue because they kind of looked Zavala esque. But it's it's pretty fucking funny, so I just yeah, wanted I, to make sure I laughed I out loud, like legit laughed out. For anyone uh, just listening, it's it's just like a very very obese blue bald person with a plate of biscuits in front of them, and I, I don't know if they're sleeping. I don't know what's happening. There's a biscuit halfway down their chest. It's. <laughs> It's really just all over the place. It's it's really silly, um, and I just wanted to make sure that just found its uh, uh, time on the show because <laughs> it made me laugh really fucking hard stop when I saw it. Zavala yeah, stop feeding Zavala. Give it give it to some other people. Give give it some to uh give some to Saint. He's going through a lot right now. He he could use it. Uh and the other thing that is very important to bring up is uh so we this season we have um another weekly mission where you you kind of like replay a very similar mission and then you get new dialogue and this is nothing new uh and i i, I mentioned in in dms uh in our show's dms how like in season of the splicer i forgot what they were called but the uh the hacking activity where it was all like uh cyber internet excuse me uh internet themes with all the splicer greens thing. and purples yeah, the Splicer thing. Yeah, the Splicer event. Um, and it was like every week you'd have a new one, and that was really cool. But then you would also be allowed to go and replay them whenever you want, just because you Oh, yeah, you that was nice. To, right? That was nice. They don't do that anymore, and I don't understand uh, why. I don't know either, man, because it really kind of puts a damper on things, because I wanted to go back and get some 
dialogue that yeah exactly and so in the second mission there was a a very interesting moment or a very annoying moment rather where um you you go into this room it's a very small room and there's a wizard at the far end and there are crystals and and three of the crystals standard hive crystals that we've seen all the time they have their their shields around them and um after you kill the wizard anna chimes in and she mentions how uh Eris told me that Hive used crystals to create uh, barriers and Hive magic and rituals and blah, blah, blah. And then Clovis kind of scoffs at it and he's like, rituals, magic. What this is, is just a, do you remember what the, the word was? There was a name associated. Let me see if I can uh, scroll back up. Uh, he called it crystals rituals what this is absurd this is obviously an admitted casimir field and then instead of continuing to talk he just drops out and anna all proud comes in and says i muted grandpa and it's just like no nah, i wanted to hear what he had to say because <laughs> right. he's the first person who actually understands what the fuck the hive are doing and uh so- yeah. So the yeah, so the Casimir effect is a real life thing that happens yes. when you make you make a vacuum in between two plates. Yeah. And so what happens in that in that in that vacuum is impassable barrier kind mm-hmm. of like a And so it's 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 it, I think it's really interesting because it is beginning to kind of show how the hive magic is really just science. And I, I shared that in the Ishtar discord. And the first like rebuttal is, well, hive magic is based on paracausality. So therefore it's magic. And it's <laughs> no. just like, it's well, paracausal my science. Favorite, my favorite quote comes early in destiny where basically, uh, and I'll ruin the quote right now. Dude. Um, I'm like Banshee. Anyway, do it, Ronan. Uh, Go. Basically, what it basically the quote was: "All magic is unexplained." Yep. So, if you think about it in a way, anything that you can't explain, it's instantly magic. I mean, we all mm-hmm. thought everything was magic, started to understand it. Right? Yeah. So, but the Casimir effect. What I find funny about that is, if that's alluding to what the Hive are doing, they very much come from you know the space between stars and, and being able to exist and playing with the void. That's a little bit of what they're talking about. Yeah. The void the void is now a real thing that science can explain. And because the Casimir effect has to do with particles that annihilate and create themselves mm-hmm. quantum field. Yeah. That's if that's what they're talking about. Holy crap. And and so it's kind of like, you know, like, yes, hive magic is like created from paracausality f- given to them by the worms and et cetera. And I, I understand that. I understand that paracausality sure. is, a, is a big factor in it. But that doesn't mean that there isn't like. So par- <laughs> a, a, a perfect way to explain this was um, a long time ago. <clears throat> I, tried to, I tried to reconcile this early on. And the, the, the best way I could explain it was paracausality, paracausal force allows you to manipulate the. So 
yes, everything is attainable through the paracausal force. However, we are manipulating real world universal yeah. particle elements of higher universe that doesn't mean that the universe exists because of paracausal it just means that because of our uh, newfound abilities that are paracausal we are able to manipulate the known yeah it's it's like from from the way that i see it it's like paracausality allows allows the hive to kind of like break the rules of physics but that doesn't mean that there aren't still rules of physics all around them like there's right. and is. listen, you know, listen, there are things that break the rules of physics all the time. And what we know as humans, we're bound to Earth. And so what we experience on Earth is completely different from what you can experience and what particles experience. Out. Hell, even in our own ocean on Earth, we have things that routinely break the fundamental building blocks of science, like the fact mm -hmm. that, you know, jellyfish are undead species or fungi or fu Excuse you know, me? freaking yeah or mushrooms are are just necrotic living things that uh, are basically zombies or oh. the fact that or the fact that a lobster still we don't know what the life expectancy of a lobster could be and they could live forever yeah, yeah there you go Al yeah. alligators so are biologically immortal they they die from not having enough food or something kills them and it's just like think about that what right? think about that i mean a duck a duck-billed platypus. Come on. Anyway, yeah. all of these things routinely break. So that's what we have to know Yeah. Uh, as a species is that we are not limited by our own confines. We just overcome them with time, hoping that we can escape our own extinction event. So, yeah. you and know. So... Uh, I, I, I can only imagine if you're listening to the show or watching the show, you too are interested in these like little finer details. And so sure. the wizards that you kill to be able to destroy these crystals in the first place are called crystal singer wizards. And the act of like singing and chanting and screaming is like a very like poor hive thing as well. Yeah, the death and singer. Yeah, exactly. You have your death singers. Like like the original death singers were uh Oryx's daughters Iranuk and Irhalak, who also well, we'll get to that after, who who created the song that like killed everyone in I think it was uh Sabathun's court. Like yep. uh like she was having a party and they, they went there and sang and everyone died. And it's yep. just like, Well, how the hell does that happen? And people just go, Oh, it happened because of magic. And it's like it's easy to say that. <laughs> But yeah. there has to be like some logic. Sure, behind there's it a real well. world explanation for it. Sure, at some point. Um, so my mind completely goes back to an early on discussion that had Focus Fire Chat, which is a great guy. Blue Crew is still around. Dabbled. But you're kind of cutting out a bit. Yeah. So something we did a long time ago is talking about how does how does a death song particularly exist within the lore. How does that kill something or whatever? Mm -hmm. What we know about the Destiny universe is there are a lot of things in the lore that point to vibrations, um, sounds, songs, um, and just overall attunement to certain frequencies. Mm -hmm. So if you think about everything being a frequency, sound is just a vibration at a certain frequency. Um, matter and part and particles and you know, elements, everything in the universe vibrates at a different frequency. And so if you can attune to the correct frequency, 
you can manipulate any particle or any matter in the universe in a way, right? So if you think of the hive being able to understand sound and frequency or just vibrations as far as universal uh, mechanic, they and can- And then you sprinkle in a little paracausality. Exactly. They can they can tap into that f- certain frequency, scream, sing, whatever they want to call it, and then you're all dead because they yeah. found the thing that kills you. Yeah. And um, anyway, it makes me instantly they, right now. Or they found the thing it. that prevents uh, physical damage to a crystal that is resonating to create the Casimir field that is blocking you from going to. So it's like it all seems to be in this this, you know tied togetherness which is very exciting to finally get like some in-game evidence of that so don't be you know don't be so close-minded as to say that well paracausality is a catch-all term for everything no paracausality is is a tool that we even as guardians are you tap in the physical universe use it to our advantage i mean solar arc void now stasis and upcoming strain those are all things that we are tapping into because of our newfound prior causal abilities mm-hmm. you know that could or could not be a bad thing as Ulan Tan says or you know we've seen the pitfalls and the follies of certain particular characters in the the lore such as Tolan fell to the you know hive madness and then you know we, we see Thorn last word all of these stories that's uh, oh my god samples. That's that's the perfect example right there. Toland. Toland heard the death song and instead of dying, was able to shed his body and become what he is. Yeah. Because he understood the frequencies. He he played it back. He he altered it just enough that he would survive. That's right. And we know that the hive <laughs> used songs because Savathun used the song to gain access to certain mm-hmm. in the city. Yeah, Sabathun song, so, which then like would like rewrite your mind. It was like a hypnotic thing, and that goes back to you know mythology and folklore, sirens, and what we know of historical tellings and stories. How like certain <laughs> what they would consider mythological creatures can use sound to entrance you, keep you locked in so like it's almost like tolan heard the siren song you know mm-hmm. all of these things come from real world examples like you know even osiris drinking mummy juice you know that's a, something that happens every time they dig up a mummy somebody's like trying to auction off mummy juice to drink it's like come on guys but <clears throat> it, it just it just it's just interesting to me that given all of this happening with the hive if Zivu Arath using, like she was using lichen originally mm-hmm. to, uh, or it was a byproduct of her influence, the material world, the lichen and her plant growth coming in as a way to make herself known or be a part of the known universe so that she can gain power from the war that's happening or the in proximity, whatever. It's just interesting to me that that, as far as mechanic goes, uh, is even happening because if if uh, if she ultimately gains power or has some way circumvented her dependency on the darkness throughout the worm bargain, blah blah blah, 
what is she left to do? She has to come up with a new mechanic to gain power hmm. this, right? It's the whole outlive your extinction. Evolve. Evolve. That's it. <laughs> My God. Evolution. Yeah. So what's the evolution of the hive going forward? What's the evolution of uh, Rasputin going forward? We're all dealing with evolution right now. Guardian's going to be dealing with evolution when he gains the new strand power. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm really glad that I was able to squeeze that in because that was yeah, something I, like that. I was really excited about. Um, our next episode is going to be next year. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Me. So if you celebrate uh, Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you celebrate anything else, uh, happy uh, like Hanukkah. I don't really know anything else that's celebrated in this time. Um, it's Maybe you know about this. I heard this thing. Is, is, is Santa Odin? <laughs> uh, Santa Odin. That's a new one. Yeah, it, I I heard I heard uh, there's a show that I watch, uh, Ghosts, and one of the characters is a Viking ghost, and he hates yeah. Christmas because Santa is is like Odin, an, an appropriated Odin, and I was like, that's because <laughs> it, it like really Odin, good. Odin's like watching everyone with his ravens and and all that stuff, and it's like so he sees uh-huh. you when you're sleeping and he sees you when you're awake. Oh, hey, that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> it's like. Well, maybe. So. Well, yeah. Uh, you know the okay. So, because I yeah, know Christmas is is like uh, 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 stealing from um, all from of the Romans, pagan holidays from yeah, uh, all of Saturnalia. The yep, exactly. So one of the things that they did in, um, in in all religions they do this, but one of the things they did in Christianity is they wanted to appeal to people that existed at the time. So they wanted to get them in, in the church basically or mm-hmm. into the new, the new way of thinking. And so they had, they couldn't just, <laughs> they couldn't just erase everybody. Yeah. Start over. They had to adopt a lot of their practices that they were already using their own belief systems and get them to come to church or whatever. And so they allowed certain pagan traditions to exist, like the Christmas tree, which was a fertility tree, yeah. Uh, and then a lot of the other things. So I absolutely, I guess Santa is in a way Odin because he represents some so some funny. Norse depiction of yeah. you know it's like with the yeah. beard and everything. And this is yeah, like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> well, like the the actual story that we all know about Saint Nick and junk like that, was a real human that existed that made toys. But I guess the overall ideal. Uh, Santa that morphed over time is encapsulating a lot of different pagan traditions. Uh-huh. Well, uh, either way, uh, <laughs> happy, merry, happy, everybody. That's probably the <laughs> best way to. Very happy, and uh, I hope you all happy uh, Zeus Day. I hope you all get to meet uh, that non- non-denominational Mister Winter uh, this <laughs> this this season. We'll be back uh, with a show. I'm not sure if I can do uh, New Year's Day, so we might have to push it. No, um, we'll have to push it. We're yeah, gonna so, be like 
drunk on our own. Yeah, pro- probably January eighth will be our our new episode. And I think, I think what we might need to adapt to with this, because uh, it seems like Bungie's really here to stay with the the weekly uh, weekly lore. And yeah. I don't like just having nothing. Like I think it'd be better True. to address each entry or every two entries as it would be um instead of nothing and then just kind of trying to fit it all in at the end of the season uh so we might uh see some structural changes to the show as well okay um i like it yeah we'll talk more about that privately and and then you guys will just have to accept it (laughs) (laughs) this is our show Yeah, if anyone has any feedback, just let us know on at Loose Cannon Show on Twitter. We are very receptive. Um, so yeah, uh, have a good one, everybody. Bye. Oh shit! I just opened Steam.